Thank you for supporting the media outreach of New Covenant Christian Ministries. Through the powerful preaching and teaching of Pastor Bill and Dr. Deanne Johnson, family relations are being restored. The wayward are returning to God. And together, we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Join us now for a message that will strengthen you in your faith and encourage you to be all that God has designed you to be. Joshua chapter number 24, please. Joshua chapter number 24. On last week, we learned that the most important choice that we can make is to serve the Lord. The most important choice that we can make is to serve the Lord. And we learn from Joshua 24 that we are to serve the Lord reverently. Talks about the fear of the Lord. We are to serve the Lord sincerely. There's no duplicity in us. We are to serve the Lord truthfully. There's a level of honesty about who we are. And we're faithful to what we say we're going to do. And we are to serve the Lord exclusively. God's a jealous God. And our allegiance is to him. And lastly, we learned that we are to serve the Lord decidedly. We choose to serve the Lord unequivocally. He, there is no competition. We belong to him. My hallelujahs belong to him. And I've decided that up front before any opportunity to go in a different direction. This week, as we look at Joshua chapter 24, want to look at two keys to keep our commitment to serve the Lord. Two keys in keeping our commitment to serve the Lord. Let's pick up in Joshua 24 and verse number 14. It says, now, therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods of your father, the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. Look at somebody and say, serve the Lord. Lord. Say it in a boat, you know, just commanding way. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Say it again with me. As for me. Go down to verse number 22. Verse 22, so Joshua said to the people, 
you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord for yourselves to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. Now, therefore, he said, put away the foreign gods which are among you and incline your heart to serve Incline your heart to the Lord God of Israel. Go to verse number 31. Verse 31 says, Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had known all the works of the Lord which he had done for Israel. Stop right there. Here was Joshua speaking to this nation, this next generation, and encouraging them some 15 times, this word is used in this chapter, to serve the Lord. And he made this bold declaration. It's for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. And what's interesting is after encouraging them, the text tells us that as long as Joshua was alive, the nation served the Lord, which is a good thing. Amen. As well as those who um, outlived Joshua, who was his peers. So what are these two keys when that's going to help us to keep our commitment in serving the Lord. I believe that those two keys are in verse number 23. Joshua 24 and verse number 23. He says, now therefore, put away the foreign gods which are among you. Key number one. Key number two, incline your heart to the Lord God of Israel. The first key, again, is to put away the foreign gods which are among you. The New International Version says, throw away the foreign gods which are among you. The New Living Translation says, destroy the idols among you. So Joshua says, look, if you are going to serve God, there cannot be an idol that you have that you erect and you say, that's my God too. So God is a jealous God. He will have no other gods before him. And so what he's saying is, look, if there are any gods, if there is anything else that you would put up as a God, I need you to do something with it. I need you to put it away. I need you to throw it away. I need you to destroy it. 
make, if, I, if, if it's not clear, I need you to put it away. I need you to throw it away. I need you to destroy it. Because I don't want anything in your heart that's competing against me. I need you to put it away. I need you to throw it away. And I need you to destroy it. See, and when you look at idolatry, idolatry was Israel's besetting sin. It was that thing that kept coming back on them. And, and idolatry, listen to this, is, is an attachment, an immoderate attachment or devotion to something. We look and we say, I don't have any idols in my life. That was Israel. Well, I wonder if God began to probe through our lives. What would he ask us to put away, throw away, or destroy and destroy? I wonder, I wonder if he would say right now the aspirations that you have they're so big, you've put your aspirations above me. Put it away. Throw it away. Destroy it. I wonder if, he, if we brought up the, the God of money, little g, of money. Even Jesus said this. He said, no, you can't serve two masters. You cannot. You're going to serve. He said, you're going to serve God of money. See, right now we say, well, pastor, I'm giving to God. Wait, 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 wait. If there was an opportunity for you to make some more, let's not say, just, 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 just right now, let's just say a 10% raise. But in order to do that, you had to compromise. Okay, maybe that's not your number. Oh, fifty percent. Right now, you could double your income. I don't know what the Powerball is now, but whatever that winning is, you could get that. See, what I'm saying is this: there has to be. A place in us, we say, mm -mm. I'm not going to serve money. I'm not going to have another God in my life. You mean to tell me if boo would go out with you, you would come? Child, I've been waiting on him all my life. He's so fine. Uh, she's so fine. Where are you? Where are you? I see I need to move on. Put it away. Throw it away. Or destroy it. Nothing wrong with having aspirations. There's nothing wrong with having money. There's nothing wrong with having a boo that loves Jesus. Jesus. 
and lives for Jesus. Yeah. Oh, preacher, you say amen, lights. <laughs> but I need to make sure that there is no foreign God. But notice what he said, which the foreign gods which are among you. That's, that's the thing that blew me away. Because he said, I'm not talking about something that's foreign to you. This is near you. This is something close to you. This is within your proximity. In other words, this is a nation who had come up and they still, although they had seen God do amazing things, still wanted to hold on to the gods that their God defeated. So he said, put it away. Throw it away and destroy it. So that's one of the keys. And ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you anything that God tells you to get rid of and you want, that's an idol. All right, here's the other thing. I got to remove, um, put away these foreign gods. And then he says in this same verse, he said, this is interesting. This is what's going to, this is the key to keep you serving the Lord. Incline your heart to the Lord God of Israel. Do you see that? Incline your heart to the Lord God of Israel. The New International Version says, yield your heart. Yield your heart to the Lord God of Israel. The New Living Translation says, turn your heart to the Lord God of Israel. And what he's saying is this, if you want to keep serving God, it's an issue of your heart. Again, that's where the competition is. That's where the trouble is going to be. That's where you're going to have to, listen, that's, that's where the enemy wants. He wants your heart. And he said now, there has to be, you got to incline your heart. And you incline your heart. And then you yield your heart. You turn your heart. Make sure your heart keeps bent toward God. Make sure your heart keeps to a place where it's stretched toward God. Do me a favor, please. Do me a favor, please. Just kind of reach forward. Reach forward. Just stretch forward. Reach forward. Reach, reach, reach. Now, why can't you reach back? Stop. I mean, you relax, brother. <laughs> the reason you can't, you could not reach back is because your reach was already going in a particular direction. Sometimes our reach isn't going toward God. And that's why our hearts can be turned away from him. Are you following so he says, this is what I need you to do. I need you to reach again. Reach one more time. I need you to incline your heart, bend your heart, reach your heart toward the Lord. Come on, reach up in worship now. 
glory to give him a big glory to God. Yes, glory to God. Yes, gang. Thank you. This is what needs to happen. I would encourage you to keep your heart going toward God. Ask God to grab your heart by his presence. Come on, say, God, grab my heart by your presence. Jot this scripture down, 1 Kings chapter number 8, verse 57 and 58. He says, may the Lord your God be with us. May the Lord our God be with us as he was with our fathers. May he not leave us nor forsake us, that he may incline our hearts to himself to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, which he commanded our fathers. So now we come on, say it again. Grab my heart with your presence. There is something about the presence of God that literally grabs your heart. It, and, and what I found is you can, you can do a number of things, spiritual looking things apart from the presence of the Lord. You can sing without the presence. You can pray without the presence. You can even read and not have the presence. But what I want to encourage you in is when we say, God, grab my heart with your presence. The scripture says in his presence, there's fullness, fullness of joy and pleasures at his right hand. So we have to understand that something about the presence of, the, of God, it grabs your heart. It grabs your heart. I remember being in a prayer conference and the gentleman was teaching on prayer and he was talking about how to access the presence of God. And this is something that I I was just amazed, just absolutely amazed because I thought the only way to, you know, really get there was, you know, through singing and that kind of stuff. But wow, it blew me away. He said, uh, this is what I want you to do. Um, He referenced the scripture in Hebrews, which says we have access into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. And so what he's saying is the blood of Jesus is the springboard to the presence of God. I don't know what it is, but there's something about the blood. My God from heaven, there's something about the blood that will give you access into the holiest of all. And so what we had, what we were doing in that particular conference, he, he, he showed us, he modeled us, he, he modeled it for us. He said, I want you to begin to think about Jesus dying on the cross for your sin, where he was pierced. 
He was wounded for your transgressions, bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of your peace was upon him and by his stripes you're healed. Think about how they whipped him with that cat of nine tails and the blood began to be shed for you. And when they thought he wasn't dead, they pierced him in the side. Out of his side came blood and water. And that blood began to be spilled out. But wait a minute, not just spilled out. It was taken into the heavenly of heavenlies, the holy of holies, and brought before the presence of Almighty God. And that blood was sufficient enough to pay for the sin of all mankind so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He said, begin to think about that blood. Meditate on that blood. Thank God for the blood. And so we begin to say, God, thank you for the blood. 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 That blood is the blood of a new covenant that's speaking of better promises for you. The Old Testament sacrifices could not do it. What the Old Testament could not do. What we could not do, God did by sending his own son and letting him die on a cross for your sin and my sin. So the blood gave you access. So right now, you have the right to come up in the presence of Almighty God, not based upon righteousness that you have earned, but what he did for you 2,000 years ago. He stepped over into humanity, took on an earth suit, paid the price for humanity, and then came back out and said, I'm going to lay my life down, pick it up again, and grant them righteousness. What can wash away my sin? What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood. How oh, precious is that flow that makes me white as snow. No other fountain, no. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I thank God for the blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whoa! Thank you, Jesus. The blood, the blood, the blood. Andre Crouch said it'll never lose its power. It reaches to the highest mountain. It flows to the lowest valley. The blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. Travis Green the one who sings You Made a Way tells the story of how as a little boy he died and he said that his mother called the name of Jesus the name called on it a few times but then she mustered up as much faith as she could and she finally said the blood of Jesus and there was something about that. He said his little body woke up. So there's something about the blood that accesses the presence of God like nothing else. 
Come and say, Lord, thank you for your presence. And so when you get in his presence, let his presence begin to grab your heart. See, what happens when you get in his presence, there is no substitute. There's no substitute. When you get with him, people can go through what looks like him, but you know the difference because you've been there. So when you get there, you get in his presence and you say, God, grab my heart. Grab my heart. Grab my heart. Grab my heart, God. Grab my heart. Get a hold of me. Grab my heart. And Joshua was telling this nation, he said, look, incline your heart to him. Let him get a hold of you. Let his presence grab your heart. There was a lady in the New Testament. She had been with several men. And Jesus came along. And after her encounter with Jesus, the presence, she said, come see a man. Come see, come see him. She didn't care about her reputation. She didn't care. And what I'm telling you is this. When you get in his presence, you don't care what people think. You, you stop trying to be cute. You, you don't, listen to me. You deserve it. Yes, God. You deserve it. You deserve it. See, when you, 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 there's something that fills you. There are those of you now, you've been trying to get refreshed. You can go on vacation. I know what I'm talking about. And come back just as worn out as you were when you left. But I'm telling you, the psalmist said, better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house than thousands elsewhere. David had it so he said, taste. 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 And see. Wait, 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 wait. David, do what? Taste and see. Y'all didn't realize what he just said. Generally, we see and taste. But he said, you can trust him. Go ahead and taste. And I guarantee you, you he's going to be good. So let his... You ask him, God, grab my heart. Come on, do it now. Say, God, grab my heart with your presence. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Answers come. Wisdom comes. Refreshing comes. All of that comes from his presence. And, and hear me, hear me, hear me. This is, let me tell you, because I want to be honest with you. 
the first, oh Lord, help me now. The first mention of the presence of the Lord and man, you see man running from the presence of the Lord. Why? Because he said, I was naked. I hid, and so I was ashamed. I hid myself. But this is what I want you to start retraining yourself. Run to him. Run to him. Run to him. Don't hide from him. Run to him. Come on, look at somebody say, run to him. Run to him. He's not a condemner. Run, he's a forgiver. His mercy endures forever. Now let me go on. I gotta gotta finish. Gotta finish. So I'm in how do I incline my heart? I ask God to grab my heart with his presence. Here's another thing. How do I incline my heart to the Lord? I ask God to govern my heart by his word. Come on, say, govern my heart by your word. Psalm 119 and verse 36. Psalm 119 and verse 36 says, Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to covetousness. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to covetousness. And so, so this, is, this is it. He said, I need you to govern my heart by your word. One of the best ways I can explain it is this. Years ago, I had to rent a U-Haul truck to pick up something from Birmingham and bring it to Atlanta. The, this particular truck had a governor on the engine. And what that means is, no matter how I press the accelerator, I could put the pedal to the metal. And believe you me, I was trying. The governor would not allow the truck to go beyond 65 miles per hour. So I would try. Okay, we're going to do it, we're going to do it, we're going to do it. Nothing would happen. Up to 65, I'm fine. But when I hit 65, the governor kicked in. (laughs) When I have his word, the governor begins to kick in. You understand? So, when I want to do something, when I have his word, the governor begins to kick in and govern my soul. He begins to place the boundaries around my life, not as penalty or punitive, but as protection. So I need to understand that that governor is there for me. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against 
Are you understanding? What I'm finding out is this. You just keep in the book. You stay in the book being the Bible. You had to clarify that. Because I'm not talking about science fiction. I'm talking about the Bible. And this word begins to get on the inside of you. The difference with this book and other books is it's alive. It's alive. When that book gets on the inside of you, all of a sudden your mind begins to change. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So what he's saying is this, look, your mind can be so altered by the word of God that it's a governor. You begin to see through the lens of the word of God instead of what people want you to think. Instead, listen, listen, listen. Instead of allowing people to formulate your opinion of yourself, the word begins to tell you who you are rather than you rehearsing what they say. Why don't you go ahead and say what he says? I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Greater is he who's in me than he that is in the world. Are you understanding? And so what I begin to do is allow the word to begin to govern me. Oh, Billy, you just Billy from Birmingham. Yeah, I might be Billy from Birmingham, but baby, he who knew no sin was made to be sin for us, for me, that now I'm the righteousness of God in him. I'm anointed, I'm appointed, I'm gifted. Why? The word tells me so. Now, other people can say some things, but, oh, I see it, I see it, I see it. And what they say about you may have at one time been true, but just because of what I once was doesn't mean I now am. Because it's changing me. It begins to govern me. Somebody's getting set free today. Somebody's being set free today from the opinions of people. Come on, what he says about me is true. Say that. Come on, say what God says about me is true. Come on, say I I agree with God about my life, about my destiny, about my current conditions. The word of God God is the governor governor of my life, of my heart. heart. And so he says, let this word, God, I need your word to govern, govern, govern my heart. Because you get the feeling some kind of way. Now, wait, wait, wait. I get the feeling. So now, since I'm under him, I need the word to govern my emotions. I bring all of that. And I said, God, here I am. 
not going to let that just, no, I'm not bowing. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I'm not bowing to that. I'm not bowing to what you say about me. I'm not bowing to that discouragement. I'm not bowing to that quitting. I'm not bowing to... I'm not bowing. Yeah, I want to say something, but I'm not going to bow and cuss her out today. Forgive me for low-level preaching, Corey. But I'm not bowing. And so the governor has my heart. I know that you mistreated me and the, the thing that I want to do is to get revenge, but I'm not going to bow to revenge because the word says vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And he says, I will repay. Look at somebody said, don't mess with me now. Don't mess with me. Dre, they came, don't mess with me. They know, they know, they know. Don't mess with me. Look at somebody say, I'm serious. Don't mess with me, please. And so as you know that about yourself, knowing what God has said about who God is, what he has said, and what he said about you, who he said, who he said you are, what he said you can do, I'm not confused about my identity. I know what he said about me. Amen. So now, so now, so I'm asking God, if if I'm going to incline my heart to the Lord, I'm asking God to grab my heart with his presence. I'm asking God to govern my heart with his word. Now, that was your um, information before the test. It's an open book test. So we're going to take it again because you didn't do good that time. I'm asking God to with his I'm asking God to here's the last one. I'm also asking God to guard my heart from all evil. I'm asking God to guard my heart from all evil. Psalm 141 and verse number four. He says, do not incline my heart to any evil thing. There's that word incline again. To practice wicked works with men who work iniquity. And do not let me eat of their delicacies. Now, this is a Billy Johnson. This is a Johnsonism, okay? You got to stop hanging around folk that don't have any do-right in them. Uh, You know what I'm talking about? There are some people that just don't have do-right in them. And so he says, don't let me eat of their delicacies. Don't let me be so enthralled with them 
Mr. Do-Right, Mr. Don't Have Any Do-Right in him or Miss Don't Have Any Do-Right in him. I don't need to be around them. And so, God, I need you to guard my heart from all evil, from anything that is evil, anything that would cause me to turn. Guard my heart. Can, can I be very honest with you? This is what I found out about myself. I found out that there are certain programs that I can't watch. TV programs. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Not, not that they're sin. For, for you, it, it, it's a weight. It, it begins to turn my thinking in a different direction. It begins to change. I, and I, I noticed, I said, when I watch this, I feel this. When I watch that, I feel, why is it that seemingly every time I watch that, I'm feeling this? So if I don't want to feel that, I don't need this, I need, don't need to watch that. So it's up to me. It's up to me then. I need, I'm asking God to guard my heart, but there are some practical things that I need to do. I need to make sure that I'm protecting. I'm the custodian. I'm watching over my own heart. In fact, Proverbs says, guard your heart, Proverbs 4 and 23. 4 and 23. The New Living Translation says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. My friend, this is what we have to do. We have to say, God, I need, guard my heart. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. In fact, let's flip over there to it. I want to see something. I want to, want to look at something. Proverbs chapter number four. Proverbs chapter number four. And verse number 23. The New King James Version says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Well, proverb writer, tell us how to do it. Verse 24, put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Stop that wondering. And let your eyelids look right before you. Verse 26. Ponder the path of your feet and let your ways be established. And do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. So he said, if you want to guard your heart, you got to do something about your mouth, your lips, your eyes, your eyelids, and your feet. <laughs> up in here, up in here. And, and, now, hallelujah, let me close the Bible. So I can just be finished. And I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. I'm not one to say all, you know, a bunch of rules. You know what I'm talking about? I really believe that you learn to follow the Holy Spirit and he begins to be the governor. The word of God is in your heart. You begin to know what to do and what not to do. And so you begin to develop a sensitivity. 
And so what I found is this. Certain entry points, you have to know your entry points and what's going on. Music is an entry point. Your ear gates. Video is what you, what you see. That's, that's an entry point. Are you, and so you have to guard that. And so he, hear what I'm saying. Hear what I'm saying. There, okay, the only part of this song that I know is what I heard at the gas station years ago, and I can't, I, I, I remembered it. And I began to think about it, and I was thinking, why would they say that? Okay. Yeah, we got holy people in here. Y'all going to be all right today? The song is, it's getting hot in here. So take off all your clothes. I'm at the gas station. And all I'm here is getting hot in here. So, and I'm thinking, so it's hot. The answer for hot is just get naked. I said, that doesn't even make sense. But the reason I brought it up, the reason I brought it up is this. Although that's been years ago, and that's an old song now, I have not forgotten it. I don't even know the rest of the song. Don't want to know it. Don't sing it to me. There's no telling where it's going from there. All right. And what I'm saying, (laughs) there has to be a guard that you put up over your heart and you wonder, why is my life going off course and I'm not serving God like I need to? Your heart. Your heart has a predisposition toward what you've been feeding it. Certain things you used to say, we're not okay. Now, it's all right. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So, guard your heart. So I told you how we're going to, how we're going to keep, these two keys is serve the Lord. We're going to, first of all, we're going we're gonna to make sure we put, put away this stuff, put away these foreign gods, and we're going to incline our heart to God. The way we guard our, the way we incline our hearts to God is we be, let his presence grab our hearts. Grab my heart by your presence. Ask God to grab your heart by your presence. And then, and then the next thing, govern my heart by your word. And then guard my heart from all evil. Let's stand, please. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.